Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus' name disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona, and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. I've got a lot of scripture, but I'll keep it short for your standing. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 2. And uh, this has been something that's been in my spirit for a few months, and so just felt led to share it. In fact, I didn't even know if it was going to be something that I shared, but um, just God impressed upon me to do so. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, and we're going to read verse 11, and then I will jump down to a couple other verses. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold... All was vanity and vexation of the Spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. Jumping down to verse 17, Therefore I hated life, because the work that was wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken Under the sun, because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me. Praise God. I I want to talk for a few moments on doing what matters. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you tonight. Uh, God knows very well the frailty of every man or every woman, every child that is here tonight. book of Psalms said it like this, He is mindful that we are but dust. God knows who we are. God knows who we aren't as well. David courageously asked the Lord, Make me to know my end and what is the extent of my days. Let me know how transient I am, behold, you have made my days as headbreaths and my lifetime as nothing in your sight. Surely every man at his best is a mere breath. Job, Job perceived the brevity of his life and declared, I will not live forever, for my days are but a breath. James wrote this in 4 and 14. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. And the writer of Ecclesiastes, thought to be Solomon, uh, begins to communicate this very sediment in Ecclesiastes chapter 1. When the writer begins to deal and dive into great deal on a, a phrase that I find a bit depressing. And as I wrote, dove into this a few months ago and began just to write some random things that God was speaking to me, uh, I had to really ask God, what, what is the meaning of this? What, what really, truly, how do I interpret what I've just read? And of course, we've all read, I'm sure most everybody here has read, if not multiple times, Ecclesiastes. But it began to speak to me on just a different level, maybe even closer on my day-to-day life. And 
Uh, we read in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 1, and I've got the NIV version up just, just for f- further and greater understanding in a, quick, in a quick setting like this, where that word that is pretty depressing, uh, the word of God uses, uh, King James uses vanity, but that word vanity is translated in other, most other translations as meaningless. In fact, he, he adds some explanation points on it in verse 2. He says, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Well, when I read that, my ears perked up. My curiosity spiked. What is so meaningless? And, and of course, I, I, I thought I had a great grasp and understanding. But I just truly, I guess I never realized how, how much this writer was communicating about the importance of doing what matters and doing what perhaps does not matter or does not have value. What do people, verse 3, gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever turning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough seeing, nor the ear is full of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, This is something new. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. This begins to just intrigue me when he he begins to say, the eye never has enough of seeing and the ear its feel of hearing. And what I want to speak about tonight is there is an innate carnality baked into every one of us that has a desire to fulfill the desires of the flesh. But... I believe I'm speaking to in large majority, if not all, Holy Ghost-filled people who also, when you receive the Holy Ghost, there is an innate uh, default of the Spirit that wants to crucify the flesh and the spirit of carnality and the desires that the flesh brings. And so after this fantastic opening, the writer of Ecclesiastes spends much of the book recounting how he went through a series of experiments searching for the meaning of life. What is the meaning of life? Because surely everything that I have done, which was great, is meaningless. He searched for wisdom and he acquired great wisdom. But with great wisdom came greater understanding of the problems of the world. So wisdom leads later on in chapter 2 to sorrow. He made great works, the Word of God says, and starting in chapter 2, if you're following along, he built houses, he made gardens, he planted trees, he gathered silver and he gathered gold and he dined with the greatest of the greats. And whatever his eye desired, he did not withhold from his heart, the Bible says. He searched for meaning through pleasure. He searched for purpose through laughter, through wine and food, through work and, and through wealth. But all of these turned out to be 
vanity, meaningless, vapor, just a breath, something that comes and then something that goes. In the grand scheme of things, on the cosmic scale of time, nothing he accomplished really ever mattered. He even talks about having children to establish a legacy. But then he remembers that they'll also die. That death comes for everybody. And it's all vanity. And it's all meaningless. That word vanity in the context of this scripture literally can be translated in the Strong's as vapor or as a breath. Just like that. I've taken four breaths just in a matter of a few seconds. Just like that, it comes and it goes. It's very interesting to me and it intrigues me that the majority of the time that we spend is on the temporal instead of the eternal. And I remain so convicted of this because I I stand here an imperfect person knowing farewell that there are plenty of areas and ways that I could give more to God. But I also have the knowledge and the understanding that I'm preaching to imperfect people as well. That too could say there are ways and areas that I could give more to God. But the reality is the question begs, it begs the question, then why don't we? Why don't we do what really matters? Why don't we give God what really will last? So it's a very keen question. And the reality is, is that because we are wrapped in DNA, we are wrapped in cells, we are wrapped in flesh, we are wrapped and we live in a carnal world and and there is something within us that is crying out, that flesh that has been crucified, that has been washed under the blood of Jesus, that old man begins to cry out. And that's why we have to crucify this flesh every day. This is why Paul said, I take up the cross every day. I find I have to crucify this every day. Every desire I have to crucify. I have to put it under the blood of God. I believe this is so important. This is the reason why it's so important that we seek the will of God in every major decision of our life. I believe this right here is the reason why we should seek godly counsel for every major decision that we make. Because every decision that we make impacts the lives of those around us. Not only does it impact you, but it impacts a, a large majority and it impacts eternity. Where we go to dinner tonight, whether we eat or not tonight, really does not matter. Let me just establish something today. If you or I lose our job tomorrow, life is still going to go on. If we wake up tomorrow and there's nothing in the bank account, it's going to be a bad day. It's going to be a bad week. It may even be a, a rough year. But can I tell you, it is nothing in comparison to what eternity has for us. Yet we spin and we toil and we work and we wait and we give and we sacrifice to that small piece that is like a vapor, like a breath. It comes and it goes. It comes and it goes. 
Ecclesiastes 6.12, he said, For who knoweth what is good for man in this life all the days of his vain life which he spendeth as a shadow? For who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? If you're looking for an uplifting, hopeful book to read, Ecclesiastes is not the one to read. <laughs> Man, it would, this, is, this would be great for us just to be running the aisles. Uh, meaningless. Everybody shout. <laughs> I'm just telling you where I was at a few months ago. I was reading through this, studying it, and I'm thinking, my Lord. But what it does do is it points to the reality of being a human. We are designed to seek meaning and purpose in life, but no matter how hard we try, no matter how much we work or how much we do or how hard that we work, no matter what we accomplish, nothing will do for this flesh that we do for this flesh will truly last. Everything is going to pass away. The vehicle you drive will burn. The home that you work so hard to keep will go. The toys and the nice things that we save for and spend for and sacrifice for will leave. They just simply will not matter. The possessions that we own, they'll all, it won't matter. They come and they go. You know, we need to be very careful not to get so attached to things here on this earth. Do, we, do I, do you, do I enjoy the things that God has given us? Well, surely I enjoy the air conditioning. Surely I enjoy having a vehicle that, that runs when I wake up and I put the key in the ignition and it, I, I kind of appreciate that it starts when I desire for it to start. But can I tell you that it's all going to burn? Everything that you and I have, the money that you and I have invested in things of this earth and on this world, it's all going to and all that will be left is what we have done for the Lord. Amen. We are mortal creatures. Our day here on earth are numbered. If God tarries, you and I are going to die. That's the reality. We're all going to die. But see, you see, this is a very, this is kind of a negative. This man, what kind of certain message is this? I'm just talking about the, this is not a morbid, morbid message because, hey, we've got the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's a point under man wants to die. This death here is nothing. It's ultimately what matters is eternal death. So let's just, we are, we know that. We, I probably didn't have to say that, but I said it anyway, just to establish some spirits perhaps that are here that, that says, man, this is, this is nothing but negativity. No, what I'm doing is I'm trying to warn somebody. I'm trying to help the body of Christ to know and to be reminded that as we go into 2023, as you've got your calendar out and you're marking in all the things that you plan to do, as you look at your budget and you look at your finances, as you look at all the desire, desires of this flesh, the places you want to go, the things you want to do, I'm not saying they're evil or they're wrong or that you shouldn't do some of them, but can I tell you, you need to take another look at that calendar through the lens of the Holy Ghost. 
Because I'm going to tell you, friend, you can go all the places you want to go. You can buy all the nice things you want to buy. You can give all of your money, your time, and your talent to the things of this world. You can build businesses. You can build cars. You can build toys. You can build side-by-sides. You can buy campers. You can, you can do all these things. But, friend, all that's going to matter in the end is when we're facing God and the two books are opened is what have you done in the kingdom of the Lord? Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm preaching to me. I preach to myself before I'm preaching to you tonight. I'm, talk, I'm giving you one of my own personal devotions. Colossians 3, 1. Oh, excuse me. Actually, no. Let's go back to Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. After all of this, and I could go through more of, of chapters 1 through, or 2 through 12, but here the writer concludes with this. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Wait a second. We're talking about a man who had everything. We're talking about a man that could dine with the best of the best. We're talking about a man that had all the silver and the gold. He could have all the women he wanted. He could have all the things he wanted. There was nothing that he didn't, that his eye did not want, that he did not give his heart. But he said, at the end of it all, the whole matter, fear God. I'm going to tell you, I think we need a good dose of the fear of the Holy Ghost and the fear of God in our lives. Perhaps if we truly understood what the, the reality or the consequences of what we do really are, we would be careful to miss church the way we miss church. If we really knew the impact of what we do, we would be more careful in doing some of the things that we do or that we don't do. We would be careful not to miss our prayer meeting. We would be careful not to miss our devotion and reading of the Word of God. We would be careful to allow our spirit to become bitter against the church, to be bitter against leadership, to be bitter against a brother or a sister. I've come to tell you, none of that stuff matters but what matters is getting into arms and locking arms with a brother and a sister and saying let's go win a soul let's go save some let's go reach somebody let's go pray for somebody God place a soul in my path today Colossians 3, 1, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on the things above, not on things on the earth. See, there's this temptation, there's this pull, there's this draw to accumulate more, to have more, to put more money in the bank account, to, to, to have more fun, to enjoy life, and, and you, you, to do all these things, to satisfy something that is going to be so, so temporal. I know I, I preached something similar about this just a few weeks ago, but I've got to share it. We give so much of ourselves to things that simply will not save us. We say we don't struggle with idolatry. Yet we bow down to things before we'll bow down to God. Accumulate more. Give me more. Let me do more. I gotta buy this. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go in debt for that. I gotta, I gotta work for this. I gotta do this. I gotta take care of this. I gotta. No. 
No, hear me. No, you don't have to do that. But what you do have to do is pray. Hear me tonight. No, you don't have to have that. You don't have to go there. You don't have to do that. But what you do have to do is make sure that when you go through the pearly gates, uh, you've got your babies, uh, you've got your wife or your husband right in hand in hand. Uh, Friend, that's what matters. And I don't care what anybody says. Coming to church and being faithful to the things of God, it matters. Not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, but when the church doors are open, if you have the ability to be in church, be in church. Be at the events in which this church organizes in 2023 as much as you possibly can. It's funny how sometimes you call outreach and just a few there. Don't get me wrong. Understand what I'm saying. We've all been called to be witnesses. And the one that goes on outreach is no greater than the one that outreaches at their job and reaches that soul and talks to that person. I was talking with somebody. I won't mention the name. I was just talking to somebody here in this church, and they were witnessing to somebody that they were working with. And it was just casually. It's just kind of not, hey, this is, we're disciple makers. We're just communicating. We're, we're creating relationships with people. I said, that right there, that is just as powerful as going out. But it is interesting what we prioritize and when we prioritize it. We want to accumulate more. The world tells us our goal is to accumulate more, to work harder, to get enough, to do enough, to not be forgotten. Commercials and ads are telling us about all that we're lacking and how how some product or how some service will, will fix us. There's a source that says at least 250 people have paid about $28,000 each to have their bodies cryonically frozen after death in hope of science eventually progressing enough to bring them back to life. Jesus told the parable of this. He said the rich man's land produced a beautiful, bountiful harvest and he didn't have room to store it so he decided to build bigger. A bigger barn to store all of his wealth and secure him his wealth. He could look further to relaxing for many years, eating and drinking and being merry and, and doing all that he wanted to do. But God said to him, you fool. You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you and the things that you have prepared, uh, whose will they be? Uh, so, it with, it, so, excuse me, so it is with those who store up treasure for themselves uh, but are not rich toward God. God, don't let it be. Don't let it be that I spend and I toil and I work all the days of my life and the very things that matter are laid to side. I'm telling somebody, if there's any type of resolution, and I'm not big on resolutions because I never do them in the first place. So I just, you know what, I don't make New Year's resolutions because about week two, I made a New Year's resolution not to eat sugar, and by 12.03, when we were out there eating donuts, I was having sugar. So I don't make resolutions because it sets me up for failure. I started my resolution three days before New Year's Day. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. It wasn't a New Year's resolution, just to clarify that. But if you're going to make a New Year's resolution, how about we make some resolutions that we're going to pray more than we've ever prayed? 
How about we make some resolutions that in all things we're going to be consistent to the things of God? Can I tell you consistency is far more greater than the great big thing that you do? Oh, the faithful servant. The faithful servant. The one that comes that's faithful. The one that witnesses. The one that's outreaching. The one that's talking with people. The one that's praying, God, let me see your your children as, as you see them. God, help me, Lord Jesus. God, to reach a soul today. I'm going to be working, but Lord, my mind needs to be stayed on you. Put somebody in my path. Don't let me become so distracted and so busy going here and doing that and buying this and, and working for that that I miss the point. If we're not careful, husbands, we'll miss the point and we'll neglect the very one that on this earth we say we love the most. I can't remember her name. I was listening to Brother Campitella speak on this. I can't remember her name. She's a, a lady that helps those elders and whatnot that are on the verge of passing. And she she's written several books. One, uh, award-winning book, most best-selling book around the five regrets that children have or that, uh, that uh, adults have that die. The five top regrets. And one of them is, is I wish I wouldn't have worked as hard. I wish I would have spent more time with my wife or with my husband. I wish I would have spent more time with my children. I wonder, I wonder what that what would be said if we were just honest with ourselves tonight and we were standing before God and we, we could begin to ask the questions, what would our regrets be? I wished I would have worshipped that night. I wish I would, have, I would have given God my all. I wish I would have been more consistent in my prayer life, in my devotion, in my faithfulness to the things of God. I wish I was there when the church doors were open. I wish I was faithful in giving. I wish I was faithful in all things. I've come to tell you, don't let it be too late, church. But it's time, it's high time that as we march into a new year that we do what matters. I'm telling you, this is not what the flesh wants to hear. I know that. I know this isn't going to make the top list of messages preached this year, but I've come to tell you in the Holy Ghost, if you don't get this, you will miss it all. Can we lift our hands right now? I feel the Holy Ghost trying to minister to us. This is all going to burn. It's all going to pass away. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10. Wherefore we labor, I'm almost finished, that whether present, present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or whether it be bad. Matthew 24, put it like this, heaven and earth shall pass away. 
but my words shall not pass. The psalmist wrote in 102, Psalm, they shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment. As a vesture shalt thou change them, and thou shalt be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. Can I tell you, a consistent God desires, commands, and expects consistency. Consistency. Can I be depended on by God? Can I be depended on by God? Can I be depended on by those in which has put me in a place of leadership? Can I be depended on to be there? Not just in body, but in action. Can I, be, can I be depended on to not just be there physically, but my mind and my spirit is plugged in? Sometimes we show up, but we're not really there. Our mind's somewhere else. I'm guilty. Our mind's on everything else that we got going on. What we got going on tomorrow. Some of you are going back to work on Monday morning. You got, you got things you're thinking about and things, places you got to go and things you got to do. But I'm telling you, the things you're thinking about will pass. The things that you got, that the flesh is thinking about that's trying to distract what God is doing. I'm telling you, it's all, it does not matter. What matters is souls. Can, can I just say this? What happens here in this church is of the utmost importance. And not just within the four walls, but I mean as a body. When we are dispatched, that is what matters. It's not just what happens here. This is just the prepping ground for us to go out and war in the spirit. But what happens here truly matters. Because everything else is going to burn. Everything else is going to pass away. I've got two stories and I'll finish up. I'll finish up here in the next couple of minutes. We were at our, at our preacher's uh, seminar. The Connor was putting on. The Dan McLeod was, was speaking. He told a story. I was trying to remember the story because I just jotted down some chicken scratch notes and I couldn't remember all the details. But story I think believe he went to go pray for a friend or someone he went to their home and it was the the home of a successful drug dealer and uh, they were looking to start a church there I think it was in Sarasota I want to say Sarasota but maybe it wasn't but he was looking they were looking that God was drawing them to start a church in a city that did not have a church and, and so he was going and they were just praying for people and he went into the home of this successful drug dealer and and they began to talk and and he prayed for them, and, and they, they, he was trying to say, hey, you know, we'd love to have you come to our service, and if we can do anything for you, let us know. And the drug dealer said, so you, you really want to start a church there in that city? He said, yes, sir, we, we feel God has, has drawn us there. We, we realize it's going to be an uphill battle. We, we've done some research. We understand the culture of the city. We understand uh, we've identified perhaps the spirits of wickedness that lives within the bounds of that city. And the drug dealer said, you know, all of my employees 
that I hire, they're all from broken homes, just looking for a place, and they're all right there from that city. He said, we go to that city because they have no hope. They, they're easy prey. And so my guys, they'll go there and they'll, they'll pull from these. They, they, have, they can't get a job. They have no education. But surely they could sail on the streets and make good money doing it. And he began to say, he said, I, I, give, them, I give them a job. I give them money. I give them finances. And he said, began to shake hands with him. He said, well, preacher, thank you for coming by and praying. He said, all I can say is this. I hope that you get to them before we do. And I feel hell talking to this church. You better get to them before I do. But until God calls me otherwise, I'm going to be here. And I know I've got a, a big crew behind me that is proclaiming I'm going to be here. And we're going to pray. And we're going to fast. And we're going to do what truly matters. Because that's what matters is souls, ladies and gentlemen. It's souls. It's souls. When, we, when, the, when, the, key, when the pre-service prayer starts, it matters. It matters because there's a soul in the balance. It matters when we come and we, we decorate. It matters when we come and practice. It matters how we worship. It matters because it creates an atmosphere where we can literally, through the Spirit of God, snatch people out of hell. It doesn't have to be a drug dealer. It could be people in this very service setting on our own pews. It could be our own children. It could be our own... Friends, it could be our own brothers and sisters that God is trying to reach for, that they're on the verge. You don't know it, and I perhaps don't know it. I probably don't know it. I'm probably the last person that would know it, if you will. But God says, I'm reaching for them, and I'm, I'm hell's after them. But in this service, I'm trying to reach some soul. I'm trying to do something supernatural. And the preacher or the song leader says, lift your hands.
I've got another story, but I feel the Holy Ghost is trying to move right now. I wonder if you'd find a place to pray. Hallelujah. And I mean really begin to cry out to God. I'm not talking about doing our normal thing. But I mean let's get a hold of the horns of the altar tonight before we leave. Before you leave this service and you start your 2023. Let's get connected and do what really matters. Make a proclamation in your spirit. I'm going to pray more than I've ever prayed. I'm going to pray more fervently than I've ever prayed. I'm going to give like I've never given. I'm going to do like I've never done. And through the power of the Holy Ghost helping me and enabling me, I'm going to win the lost. I'm going to win the lost.